All right, y'all. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Eat, Drink, Travel Y'all podcast. Today, I am so excited to be sitting in Walla Walla with my good friend, winemaker extraordinaire. He's making wine for four different labels right now. Kevin Masterman, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very humbled and honored. Oh, man. Well, finally, we got a, we got a winemaker on the show for you guys uh, locally here out of Walla Walla which if you're not super familiar with Washington is Washington wine country, right? Yeah, we're, we're part of it, but you know, we've, I think we have a good thing going. So yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it here. Cause you're from Washington originally, but from yeah. like the Western yeah. side of the state. Yeah. About the polar opposite uh, diagonally across the state. So I grew up in Mount Vernon, Washington, but uh, in the beautiful Skagit Valley, but now I live in the beautiful Walla Walla Valley. Yeah. we got a beautiful state here. You know, I'm a big fan of the Skagit Valley where it feels like we're in the desert over here today. Y'all um, it is, I think it was 110 here today. I think it was like over 100 in Seattle. We've been dealing with some serious heat in Washington State, which is why we are we are drinking some white wine, right, um, right, Kevin? Yes, uh, we're starting with the the Northern White from Roti Cellars right now. Uh, mostly a blend. Uh, well, it's about 50-50 this year. Uh, Marsan Rousson. So, uh, with this wine, we do a ton of stainless steel fermentation, just kind of try and keep the acidity, keep it bright. It's the perfect wine for for weather like this. Yeah, it's uh it's what you need on a hot day. It's what we've got. Cheers to to starting off. And before we get into all the wine tasting notes, which we're gonna taste through some wines with Kevin, we're gonna talk wine. But let's just tell us a little bit about your story. Like, how did you get into wine? I mean, that's obviously you moved here to go to school here for wine. But like, when did you realize you were interested in it? How'd you get into the hospitality industry? Um, I guess originally, like when I really first started, besides you know stealing sips from my mom was <laughs> was probably well i guess in my buddies in high school we drank some night train and thunderbird i guess is what oh I my god <laughs> thunderbird that's, wow that's what i like to tell people was my first introduction to, to white wine making was, classy people <laughs> yeah. nothing but class right Sitting here in the back of the subaru on the way to the grange for a dance you know so so pacific uh, northwest <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> grimy i know uh no i think when i really started cutting my teeth i was working at ray's boathouse um, service bartending oh okay in seattle yep. very yep. in ballard right yep huge beautiful restaurant gorgeous yeah. view i didn't yeah. know you worked there yeah david and uh david Carriano and lisa was there the two songs there they were just they were so nice to me and they kind of really showed me like the you know this is what cap franc from washington state tastes like this is what sage morgan you know merlot tastes like and so as a 21 year old okay so you're drinking, 21 yeah drinking you know yellowtail you know i graduated from the, thunderbird i graduated from thunderbird <laughs> train, so i was under the yellowtail at the time you know uh but no, they were kind of showing me. I was like, "Wow, they, you know, I've always had pride in the state but to taste these things." And I was like, "This is really cool." And Washington, and this is still mid two thousands, and so, you know, washing wine like we all knew about it in the Northwest, but nobody else knew about it. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of really how I cut my teeth, I guess, understanding like the potential, the power of what washing wines could be. And so I've kind of tried to champion that, I guess, until now, which is I find myself here interviewing with you, which is a very humbling and, and, and an honor. To, oh, well, likewise. I, I mean, y'all, this wine is very good. And uh, if you're a big Washington State wine drinker, there's a very good chance you probably had some of the wine that, that Kevin has made. If you like good wine, I would have to say. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're killing it. Um, but so, okay, so got an introduction to wine. You're working in restaurants. I, that's super cool. A big fan of Ray's. And so was it, that inspired you to go to, to school for wine? Is that No, so there's of... still like kind of the, the roundabout, like, you know, doing restaurants to pay for, I was actually in photography school. Um, that's it, right. Yeah. So, you take some rad so, photos. So, thank you. Yeah. I, was in, I did the commercial program at Seattle CC. 
uh, for a while and then worked for the Sonics for a little bit. Then when the team moved, um, I followed a girlfriend out to Minnesota and shot for the Timberwolves for a few games. And then cool. the, the economy crashed and photography wasn't really a commodity anymore. And so, and especially as a young photographer, I kind of didn't have a bunch of money or, or jobs available. So I went back into the restaurants, uh, did some fine dining, uh, living in St. Paul, Minnesota, and then got out of restaurants, got into sales, uh, and started doing to the money. Yeah. <laughs> well, normal, normal ish hours, uh, you know, more like mm-hmm. a nine to six kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, we did some really nice, like fine wine and spirits. And so kind of fun to get back into that side of the restaurants. And then, uh, my time in Minnesota kind of came to an end. I met, actually met some, some great guys from a few of them from Walla Walla, Chad from Dust Valley, yeah. and like, um, JF at, um, Almavi and, um, Jesus. Pepperbridge? Pepperbridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a lot of wineries over here, everyone. (laughs) So I met these guys and they kind of took me under their wing and and Chad was so nice and just like, you want to move back to the state? Like, come to Walla Walla. They got a great program. And so I took his advice kind of on a wing and a prayer. And I called Chad like two months later. I was like, hey, I got him in the program. He's like, cool. Come, you know, come intern for us. So I did my... I didn't know you worked for Dusty Valley. Yeah, did my first first harvest to kind of cut my teeth in Walla Walla. How long ago was that? 2010. Okay, so we're so, 11 years in the making, and yeah. um, everyone listening, like, I, the Walla Walla wine scene, it's very incestuous, so as you can probably, <laughs> everyone knows everyone has worked for everyone, um, which is, it's cool, it's a really cool community, too, it's been, uh, you've been here 11 years, yeah. I just moved here almost a year ago, and COVID was happening, so, you know, we were chatting before, it's nice to finally feel like part of a community and it's a really it's a really special place it's a beautiful special town. yeah a lot of like wine and agriculture too and when it's not 115 degrees right. outside it's a great place to yeah. be the, the, <laughs> the, the food scene here is banging as well and it's just it's it's a beautiful place to be it's like it's a little bit of small town america but everything's four hours away yeah airport, so it's like i mean what else do you need yeah no i it's it's a great spot to be so um so cool okay that's a great story i didn't know you were for dusty valley so let's uh so that's how you get into it that's your first one you, you get into the to the program um you know you you graduate and then kind of lead us uh, so um just for a little background on you guys i said that uh kevin is um the head winemaker at four different labels in in uh, walla walla including um very prestigious house of bones that specializes in chardonnay uh roti cellars that do a lot of uh rocks region fruit which is very famous for that um the sort of the proper wines which specializes in syrah from the rocks region and as well as a proletariat wine company which um was i believe the first uh like keg winery in the state so they kind of brought kegged wine into washington state which did very well in restaurants initially because it was easier for them you know price wise to have a keg of wine than to buy by the bottle it's um yeah it's the saving on the waste and like everyone that's ever worked in a restaurant knows how big or how fast dumpsters get filled out yeah yeah not having to put a bunch of wine bottles in the back of it every night we can refill those kegs and still deliver a quality product yeah yeah so you're you know so he's you you've made a lot of different wine done a lot of a lot of different things it's cool all these brands are connected let's um let's kind of lead into so roti sellers i would argue probably the most well-known of these four brands and yeah. probably how you and this and that was your introduction to this family of wines yeah really so tell us how you got your start working with with sean and 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 roti and and how long ago that was oh it's pretty funny so actually we're in the we're in the room right now where this used to be roti's tasty room which is now the house of bones proper room um but one of my buddies in the program will uh, he's a great friend of mine and he 
he, we, we had some class project. We had to get some wine. He's like, I got to take you upstairs to this tasting room. Like, you got to check out Roti. Like, I think you'll dig it. So I came in here. I ran into Sean, I guess. And then he's like, you're from Ballard? Like, oh, God. He's like, can you shuck oysters? Like, well, Sean, I'm from Mount Vernon, but yes, I can shuck oysters. <laughs> and so he had me come on and like kind of moonlight for him for, uh, I think, our summer release party in 2011, I want to say it was. Okay. And so we were up here with like, I think we had like 25, 30 dozen oysters and Sean and I just sat here and shucked oysters. So and you can shuck an oyster. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot. Um, <laughs> I tried it one time. I thought I was just going to go pick up a bag of oysters, bought a shucker. It's, it's hard. No, it's a, harder than it looks. There's a little technique. I mean, I've been, I, you know, I give some of this back to the Ray's background as well. So they, they taught me a lot. There you go. Um, that Ray. Um, yes. You know, and chef, chef Seth and Chef Peter. Um, hey, all right. Ways. A valuable skill. I will tell you <laughs> when you need to shuck an oyster, it's a good, it's a yeah, good. No, no, Sean, I think value that a bunch too because he always that's why you got this job because yeah. you can chuck an oyster essentially that well, is. Had nothing to do with wine <laughs> yeah. but but here we are i think that really had a lot to do with it because sean was like oh you can chuck oysters like this is great and so um I yeah that's kind of that's kind of how we met and then we just we developed a friendship and i went on to do other things i went to australia for a little bit i went to california i worked for some great winemakers along the way and then you know eventually it uh, I met Sean. We were in a bowling league together, and he was just like, <laughs> "Bowling league, fantastic!" It's very well. Can't like, make this stuff up, people. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, do you still want want to come over to Rotine?" And I was like, "Absolutely, man! I had a great job at a Bayha, but you know, I you so you were at a Bayha yeah, before so Rotine, okay? From, from the maestro. another great, very well respected yeah, winery like, here. I think John's the maestro of, of of Chardonnay for for Washington State or even the Pacific Northwest, if not you know the New World. So okay. Um, but Sean was like, come on over to like Roti, like what's you want to be my winemaker? Like I was never been like more humbled in my life. I was like, wow. like you're my favorite winery in Walla Walla. Like, of course I want to come work for you. That's you know, awesome. So, well, top top my little glass off a little bit, Kevin. <laughs> this, this is what we're we're just gonna drink through a little bit of the wines. You know what I'll do is I'll I'll put on social media which wines that we're drinking so you can buy them and drink them with us yeah, for this. Won't this, that be? No, it's great. This and is this is, yeah, this is okay. So we're drinking the 2020 Northern White Morson Roussan. So tell us, is this, this is not a state fruit? No. So um, the Morson and the Roussan both come off of uh, our good friend, uh, Kenny. He's uh, he, he's the farmer out at uh, Los. I think I've met him. Yeah, he's Kenny come. Yeah. Yeah, if you met Kenny, you don't forget him. Yeah, he's, no, he's I, I met Kenny. Large in life. <laughs> wonderful wonderful human being but he's a great farmer too and he knows the valley better than most people and so he's he's able to farm us he's really nice concentrated whites uh so yes marson Rison, both off the los oidos vineyards which i think means the ears okay um kind of on the the south side of the walla walla valley still in washington state okay and for just um this is the first wine uh wine episode of the podcast and i just for those of people that don't know as far as for me personally, what I just thought, if you wanted to open a winery, you went and planted some grapes and that was how it worked. But that's not a lot of the time how it works. I mean, and so Roti Cellars does grow some estate fruit, but you also source fruit from this region and from other areas too. Yeah. So what like kind of our mission is or like our ethos, I guess, what we're trying to do is like, what we can't grow in Walla Walla, but what we want to make, especially in the Rhone varietals, is like we're going to go to what we think are the best vineyards yeah, or the best regions in or combine those two right mm -hmm. so we love you know for like mavedra we really like the walula junction or the walula gap which is like this windy hot arid place which is like where mavedra should thrive mm -hmm. and so we went and found the best vineyard in like walula to to get fruit from it's like we're gonna make wine like what why not use the best fruit we can get mm -hmm. what we think is the best fruit or from what we think are the best regions so yeah we outsource i mean we go all the way 
to the gorge for like the house of bones fruit because we think the best chardonnay is grown you know in the gorge right now yeah it's just you know these are all very biased opinions by us <laughs> well <laughs> but... so i i believe it the wine is delicious and um honestly guys uh the the reputation of all these wineries is just i'm i'm blown away by just how impressed people are with roti constantly and and i mean all these wines are just are fantastic and i kind of a little background for you guys i'm lucky enough to work with roti sellers and these labels and get to help them with social media and pr and um I, it's so funny. Every time we have people visit, I'm like, I'm not taking them back to Roti because <laughs> I, I can't take someone there again. But honestly, it's the wine is so good. I know so many people in the industry from Seattle that are in the hospitality and the wine and the food industry that tell me Roti Tellers is my only wine club. You know, it, it, it has that respect and it's, it's, it's such a beautiful place and, and the people are pretty good too, I, no, I like, have to say. Like Shauna, we're just trying to, you know, like, we know. We take it serious. We don't try and take it too serious, but you know, we want to make the best product we can and stuff that we want to drink or give to our friends and family. But we also don't want to be like that kind of what you envision of like some winemakers or wine owners. Oh, I definitely like, don't see. I don't get like uppity frou frou. It's a very not too much. <laughs> no. We're, we're like a PBR is, and cheap tequila. Kind yeah, of thing. <laughs> but sometimes y'all are also drinking sparkling rosé, and that just makes no. it. We can be awesome. bougie. We can also be pretty. Yeah, yeah, but we're we're having a good time all the time. Um, well, fantastic. And Rosy Cellars, um, if you guys haven't been out to Walla Walla, they have a beautiful new tasting room. It's in the Rocks region. Um, touch on the Rocks a little bit. We're not drinking fruit from the Rocks, but we're going to drink the proper, which will be from there yeah, later. Absolutely. So um, this is like a super special um, ABA, and the it's like actually in Washington and Oregon and tell, just to, you tell us a little bit about why it's so special. I'll try not to, to mess anything up, <laughs> but no, so the rocks is, it, it's super unique. I think, I mean, I might be biased, but to me, it's the most unique terroir expression of wine that you can find in the world. Like, I mean, you can smell things, you can taste things like all this wines and blind tastings from the rocks, but you know, it's from the rocks. Like it could be a, like a flying pig or like a Merlot or something, but you're like, you know, you smell that it's wine. It's like funky, right? You it's, smell that it, wine, yeah. you know exactly where it's from. Yeah. And it just, and it, and that kind of expression in something where it's, you know, it's such a blind, like blind tasting wine, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. It's like, this could be from anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. any varietal, but with rocks wine, you just smell and it's got this umami, this pepper, this, this smoke meat, this like crazy funk to it. But and it's, you just you find little bits of that in other regions of the world like you can get some of that in like coat roti you can get some of that like in australia you can get some of that you know in like bandal like but it just it has it and it just it's you're like this is milk free water this is the yeah box. and people uh, freak out for it and i mean roti is they're not the only um winery in walla walla sourcing from the rocks but they are the only wine like a uh, tasting room in the rocks region so if you want to go i think there's a few more down there right are now. there yeah I'm okay sure i might have to edit that out i'm just gonna leave it in <laughs> i thought they were the only one no um, i think we were one of the first but i don't know okay if we're the only one now but... i think they're the best um no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding they're I'm sure whatever's down there is great. I shouldn't say that. Um, it is delicious, though, and it is a stunning tasting room. Thank you. If you, you know, you. if you're visiting Walla Walla, I, 
I, I'm out there myself a couple times <laughs> a week. Um, but okay, so yeah, so a little bit of background on Roti, which is kind of like the mother brand, I would say, or the mother label of yeah, the, that of was the like, other ones we're going to talk about. That was kind of the, the, the start of all of it was, was Roti and then the kind of, yeah. And so then, so okay, so you're making wine um, with Sean for, for Roti, and then when does like the House of Bones and Prime Proper labels come into the equation? So Proper, we've always made, Sean's always made the wine for we have i guess however you want to put it um for proper since conception there's originally a group of investors from colorado that that's right that had, that had a proper and then um and now we have just kind of i don't know if they're you kind of they, uh, they're still involved and like we're still involved but then now it's just it's part of like, he didn't the start it you did not start the proper no, label but have kind but of we've been making the wine yeah for but it, have been right? making so, have been yeah. making the wine for it and um the, so and the proper is uh all syrah Right, 100%. Yep. And yep. it is all, it's all from the rocks region. Yeah, it's just one little parcel of land. And, uh, and we just make, we do two wines out of it right now. Okay. Just the, Not, Can we taste one? Yeah, we definitely can. I'm making him open them all for me. This was my, <laughs> this was my whole plan. I was like, I'll tell Kevin we're going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about four different wine labels. Yeah, so you see how, how smart I was. Are you guys taking notes? This is really why I became a, a podcast. This host. is great. I like it. I, I really enjoy interviews like this. Um, but so, this, okay. So what are we, so we're, he's pouring the proper for us now. Like he's saying, this is also, you know, this is from. From the from the rocks region 100 percent all yep. syrah um and we're drinking the 2018 estates raw you can read off the label tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit more about it so the the most unique thing i think about proper is it's it's off this our own our little estate right so that we don't it's the same grapes every year and it's it's pretty interesting it's it's a less than, less than a half a mile i think away from the roti vineyards it's a different clone so this is a joseph phelps clone of syrah um, the roti stuff is uh, 470 in tablets. Okay. So. Okay. And what is the difference between we're drinking the white label, but mm -hmm. there is a black label proper? So the as black well. label is the reserve. We had all this fruit for so, so long. You didn't give me the reserve. We got. I'm just no. <laughs> we're drinking five different bottles of wine today. <laughs> Man, that was easy. So, Did you guys hear we that? Just, we had so much great wine and like. A, talking to Sean about it. I'm like, man, let's, you know, we need to expand a little bit. Let's do some things. And like, we just had so much good wine. Like, let's go through and kind of Sean and I went through and we taste all the barrels. It's a really tough job. And like, <laughs> do you hear this? We kind of, <laughs> we, we pick our favorites, you know, we never want to bastardize okay. the quality of the white label, but like we pick some of our favorite barrels. We put them in a little bit more wood uh, and let that we set them back down for another year. And so we're building this black label. It's kind of our reserve program. So you're picking out basically the best barrels in layman's term for you guys. I'm simplifying it for dummies like me. And then you're aging it more longer than the, yeah, we're than, like, the we, than the white label. We put them back into new punchins. So punchins are these big 400 liter barrels. Put them back in that and then lay them down for another year. So the reserve will always be a year later release from the, what the white label is. Okay. But it's kind of a fun expression on how you can play with the wine a little bit more in, in well, this, I mean, this is, okay, so this is the 2018, this is the white. Do you, you have some of the black? Oh, yeah. Can we, can we, I, I just, I want to taste them. Side side. We're going to taste them side by side for you guys. I have to tell you, um, it's been a second since I have had the proper, it is delicious. Yeah. It is so good. Um, and it's fun. I always tell people, like, between, like, the Roti Northern blend, which is a 95% Syrah, 5% Viognier. Oh. And with the proper, it's all, it's 100% Syrah. 
different clones made by in both these lines are made by the same monkeys what i say like the same crew of like just of us sarah and the, the team um but the and these vineyards are a half mile apart but they're so different and why is that uh, tell us why I, I'm, I'm assuming this is all just you know backyard science for me but uh <laughs> i i assume it all to be just from clonal differences like with the because they're all grown the same we yeah have the same vineyard they're grow, right beside each other same Pick, family yeah. farming and everything and we're making them the same and like all the profiles the same fermentation is the same it's just i think it's just the the clonal difference between them well and let's okay they're both delicious so the 18 is going to, or the, the black label is going to be a little bit bigger, just a little more strong. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The 17, or the, the white label is like more drinkable. It's it's a it's, it's a smoother. Pure fruit. Yeah. And then the the 18 just has this little more shoulders to it, I say. Yeah. It's a little more structured. So for whatever your palate is, I think they can match both of it. Um, well, they're both, they're both delicious again. And so this would be 100% estate grown. You guys own yep, these vineyards. Yep, yep, these again, vineyards. I'm going to talk to... I've learned a lot about wine since I moved to Walla Walla, you guys, and you all know that I've written about wine for a long time, but to be honest with you, when I have in the past, I have just asked people like you, let me ask the winemaker, let me ask the sommelier, let me ask my boyfriend Marcus, who's worked on, you know, with wine and food for years, like, let me, I do the research, it's, it's, there's so much about wine. I have yeah. gotten such an education since moving out here and getting to work with some winers and actually seeing the process, it's been, I feel like I didn't know anything until I got <laughs> here, until you see it for yourself. I was overwhelmed when I first moved out here and I, some of the guys in the program I went to or people I should say guys and gals, they were all like talking about wines, like this and that. And I was just, I was like, I have like a sales background. I have no nothing about production and they would go to tastings and I'd be so nervous and scared. Like, I don't know what they're tasting. I don't know these, these, these notes, these, these flavors. Mm -hmm. and Fast forward 11 years. Oh yeah, blackberries, currants, you know, gas I'm, like, I'm waiting to get to that point, but Kevin has been so uh, patient with me. I rem I can't remember what I was asking you one day in the winery. I was like, what are you, you were like aging something. I, I When we were bottling something, I was like, explain to me why this label that we just bottled is from 2020, but we just bottled this one, it's 2019. It's so well, we age one longer than the other. And you're like, don't worry, you're gonna get it in a couple, <laughs> in a year or two, you'll just Yeah, it be, just clicks <laughs> or you just, you just trust what you smell or you trust what you taste more. And like, if I can justify, well, it smells like this, I think it's this wine and then I'm gonna stand behind that 100%. Yeah, I mean, they're they're both delicious. I I am I'm hoping to get to a better place. I feel like I have this is so embarrassing. Not a great palate. Um, I am I am I shouldn't say that. Not a great palate, but I do. Um, it can be. I'm always wondering if I'm picking up the same things that others are picking up in right, wine. Pick up what you pick up, and that becomes your palate. Then you understand those wines for that. Where it's if you taste like sometimes I taste in colors like a little bit. Where to me like Malbec always tastes purple. What? It has this purple characteristic to it. So, See, I don't get the color taste. That's no, what, that's, that, I might just be a huge weirdo. That's amazing. Uh, I, I love Certain wines just have certain triggers, and like you'll start, like the more wine you taste, and just taste and taste and taste. And the more wines you taste, it'll just come. And you'll be like, I've had this, I remember this flavor. You're like, oh, that was a Cab Franc I had before, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, like a year down the road, you're like, like pencil shavings, graphite. <laughs> oh, shit, that's, that's Cab Franc. Like, okay. I know this, you know? And like, it's uh i'm gonna get there it will um, click i promise it's just, it's a lot have it's you a good excuse to keep drinking too yeah there, or, <laughs> excuse me tasting yes tasting it's, we're it's tasting i'm i'm just here to taste um honestly when it's this good though you can't you can't leave any on the table uh 
We are going to move on to the next wine, though. I'm coming back for these, the, 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 the white and black label. The proper is is fantastic. Again, as Kevin said, we are sitting actually in the the proper wines and slash House of Bones tasting room in downtown Walla Walla. So you can taste both of these yummy things right yeah, here. Come um, on out. Delicious. And so leading us into kind of, I think, like your baby, you're actually the, the owner winemaker of the next label we're going to talk about, which is House of Bones which is a um, Chardonnay uh, specific label right now. You may have something else in the works. Right, we got some plans. But, but, yeah. uh, but let's, do you still have some in your glass? Do you need some more? I, I might go get a little Go get some more. I might need a little, I need a little more too. Guys, this is, this is just part of it, right? How can we talk um, in an informed way if we don't have a little in our glass to talk about with you? Um, but again, so House of Bones, the tasting room is in the same uh, tasting room as as proper wines. You can taste these both in downtown Walla Walla. And when when did you guys launch House of Bones? So I guess I can do the full House of Bones. Do story. it. Give uh, us the story. This is his baby. <laughs> so House of Bones, uh, kind of a funny thing. My one of my good buddies is the vineyard manager for Slilo Vineyard, which is in the Gorge. So it's where all this happens. So for those of y'all listening, the the Gorge is closer to Portland than it is to Walla Walla. Yeah. So you're on the, just on the Eastern fall of the, the Cascade range, kind of where the Columbia river cuts through. But to me, I've, I've loved this, this site. I, I worked Chardonnay there from when I was at Tranche in 2011. You were at Tranche too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, just, just so made the rounds. That's right. That's awesome. I love I it. Yeah. I know it was fun. You get more experiences. Going no, it's, to, it's amazing. And how much, yeah, you pick up from working with all these different great winemakers and people and everyone you've mentioned is, is, is just so well respected. There's so much great wine here. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Todd was, uh, he called me like this is harvest of 2017. I was going through some things in my life and he's like, Hey, do you want this? I got some Chardonnay. I was like, Todd, it's, it's the middle of October. Like nobody, nobody takes Chardonnay this late. Like it's a September grape, you know, or early October. And he's like, we'll check the numbers. And so he sent me the ETS report. So ETS is our, our wine lab here in town that gives us all the numbers. Okay. Um, and it came back and it was textbook. It was like perfect acid, perfect pH, perfect sugar, like perfect, perfect, perfect. And I was like, what's the quality of the fruit? And he sent me pictures from clusters. So I went to Sean and I was like, hey, he's got the Chardonnay. And at this time I was thinking maybe we can, we'll just make it and sell it to somebody else or do some negotiate stuff or something. But then this fruit came in and it was some of the most gorgeous fruit I've seen in my life. And just, this, it was beautiful. And, and we made some, some pretty good shard out of it. And we ended up just putting it in shiners. So shiners are just bottles with no labels, uh, blank cork on it. That's and, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> How no, much did you make? Uh, we made it about a hundred and, well, legally, we did about 165, <laughs> about 175. <laughs> I don't know what happened to those other 10 cases between, between Sean and I, but uh, we sold about 160 cases. Uh, but yeah, so we made this, and I was, I was pouring it for a couple of my friends in Seattle. We were over at the tasting room over there doing some events, and they're just like, holy shit, Kev, this is really good. And then we're like, wow, this is really good. And Sean's like, let's you need to start your own label. Like, let's, let's do That's this. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it's been like kind of this really cool organic thing, and, and now like, we love Slilo and we're getting more and more fruit from them. And and it's a very prestigious vineyard. I mean, I, it's, yeah, which for, I know from working with you guys, but I've had to do my research. You guys. Right. No, it's, it's been kind of cool being full circle with that. Cause when I was at Tranche and Corliss, like I worked with uh, one of my good buddies, Griffin, who was, who got me into, when I worked in California at Ramey, his brother was the production line maker down there. And I think David makes some of the best Chardonnay yeah. in the new world as well. So I went from Ramey 
or it went from Slilo with with Tranche down going down to like Australia, then to Ramey. And then when I got back from Australia, I worked for John Abbott at Abeja, and we had Slilo Chardonnay there as well. Okay. So I've kind of been teased with this, like my yeah. whole career growing up, and finally have the opportunity to like have it and be my own. I was able to play from what I learned from John or from David or from Griffin, from these guys, and kind of was able to kind of forge my own yeah. vision of what I, of yeah. what I like out of Chardonnay. And so, Which vintage are, is this the most recent? This is the 2018. So uh, we've got a, a few cases left, and then we'll be releasing the 19s between now and Halloween. So. Okay, so the 2019 is the next beer release. So you are aging it for like a couple of years. Yeah, so we do about a, a year on its leaves and barrel. It certainly is, I guess, what we call that. And then uh, we go to, we, we age it in, in bottle um, for a year before we release it. Just, okay. Salilo is such a beautiful site, but it is very uh, coastal influence. So it's, it's a lot cooler than, yeah. than what we're dealing yeah. with out here. So there's so much acid. It does the wine good to sit down for a little bit and kind of really slows down and develops into its own yeah. its own thing. How know? much are you doing a year now? now uh, we're close to, I think the, 2020s we're about to bottle and we're going to do close to 325 i think okay so we're slowly growing you know we want to make sure people enjoy it is this do you prefer are you liking this vintage what do you think is it I getting better it. every year I mean, like so I, the 17 was was nails like it was it was some of my favorite wine i've ever made in my life maybe because it was my first thing under my That's, own yeah name, yeah of course so the 18 coming out was like the the second child you know we we're like oh you gotta i'm gonna judge you harder <laughs> i get it the first one is always yeah, i'm, like I'm the sister, firstborn like, yeah, and I'm, sister, I'm definitely the favorite my so. sister was the golden child you know my sister's listening right now like that's bullshit like you know that i'm the favorite um well it's delicious well tell us a little bit too i mean we're not going to go through like extensive tasting notes with you guys but tell us a little bit about like what you taste in in this wine is it a buttery chardonnay no I, so, like, we do no. i'm sorry i have to say that's so embarrassing i'm kidding i didn't give i, I didn't I, I said that just for effect no it's great like i mean it, it, the most cliche thing i was talking to marcus about this earlier but it's like we strive for this because we really love old world Chardonnay. So like when I was at a Beja, like one of the best things there is we get done with the work through like John, Rob, Mr. Ken, and Jesse, and Jared and I, like these vicious ping pong games. Like it was like, <laughs> like get your shit vicious out of the No, it was bad. Like it was like people are sweating and like, okay, I got you next, you know, like it was like get your stuff done at work as soon as you can. Like you'd see the ping pong table get set up and like, shit, I gotta get these hoses clean, I gotta hang this stuff. Like ping pong started. But with ping pong, with Mr. Ken and John, it was always like white burgundies came out. So we're drinking like Premier Cru, like Montrachets, Faves, like all these just the ballers of the ballers of white bergs. And so I got to experience all these great wines. And that was kind of a big thing. It's like that's being able to taste them is like mm -hmm. makes you want to create them. And like that's one thing that Dave Ramey said to me one time. He's like, my buddy and I were interning down there and he's like, well, you guys got to drink good Chardonnay if you want to understand how to make it. And we're like, Bro, we're drinking like 16 ounce modelos at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Much classier. Like, my budget. No, I, no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not gonna spend four hundred dollars a bottle of white wine. Damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this by the way is not four hundred dollars a bottle. No, you no, can, you no. Can get we're this, still. Yeah. It's very lame and short. But uh, being able to experience that and taste these things, like it made sense when David was saying these things. When I got to experience it, you know, two three years later, I'd be like, oh shit, this is what he's talking about. Like this, these wines are gorgeous like the weight the acidity the balance the structure and like the length mm -hmm. they're, they're sexy wines like 
people know like how hard white wine is to make because you get one go at it and you can't really muck anything up. You really got to just really everything. okay. And, okay. Uh, white wine is harder to make than red wine. Is that? I, I mean, I'll go on record. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I have no idea, Kevin. Yeah, I'm, no, because most people think white wine, it's usually cheaper in price and this and that, and it should be easier, but no, you have one shot to make whites good because you can't really blend anything into whites to cover up any of your mistakes or it's with reds. You can do this or that, like not to say mistakes, but to make your wines better. Okay. So, with whites, yeah, you really get one go with it. So, like, uh, it's kind of it, it's a funny story. Like when I first when Sean brought me on in 2015, uh, we had for the Southern White, it's mostly Viognier, and I've had it before. And I was like, we can make a little bit more body. Like, why don't we barrel ferment this? Because that's what I was used to doing with these Chardonnay houses that I worked. Sean's like, okay, cool. And I was like, we should go native, and he's like, okay, cool. And then, like two days later, he's like, "By the way, that's the only VNA we're getting, so you don't, you know, don't have to don't suck it up. Yeah, don't yeah, fuck you can it say up. fuck, no problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is the only white wine we're getting for this other. Like, don't fuck this up. It's all VNA." And I was just like, "I would shit my pants." I was like, "Holy shit, this is my first gig as a head winemaker. Like, I'm going very rogue. Like, doing native, <laughs> doing native ferments on whites and barrel. Like, this could go really good or really could, bad. Like, this could be, be my last gig. I'll be, I'll be serving drinks here in no time." <laughs> But it, it works out. We made like the 2015 Southern White is is a beautiful wine. It, it's it's delicious. It, I've learned some things along the way since then as well with with barrel fermentation and native fermentation with whites. It's tricky, but like if you do it right, it's gorgeous. Like it can make these beautiful wines that just sing. But see, I got the opportunity. So back to the Salilo uh, House of Bones thing. Got the 17s from Todd, and then we just we did it, and it's. And it's, it's been, it's and it's delicious. Good. And I mean, not to offend you, I will say the Chardonnay is not my favorite wine. Nope. White wine is not my favorite wine unless it's sparkling. Um, but this is, I mean, you see my glasses was quite <laughs> full and is now, and it's now getting quite empty. Um, but it, it is, it's delicious. It's a beautiful wine. Um, just again, super well respected and received. I mean, like you said, there's not much left of what you have. We're about to rebottle, like bottle the, the 2020. Yeah, so the 19th will be released uh, between, yeah, now and Halloween. Halloween okay. is our projected. How can people get this wine, Kevin? Because um, you can't buy this in, like, Whole Foods. But... No, we're so small. Like, it just, we, we need to kind of, we sell it through our tasting room. So we sell it uh, downtown here in this beautiful space, of course. Come to Walla Walla. <laughs> uh, we also sell it in our, the Roti tasting room in Soto. Mm -hmm. So we have a place on South First. Yeah, we, we should have mentioned that. There is a Roti seller's tasting room in Soto, and you can buy it there mm -hmm. along in with the, that and the proper. The, and then online, just houseofboneswine.com. Yeah, houseofboneswine.com. House of and again, not a huge amount of production that they're doing. So if it's something you're interested in, definitely check it out. I think everyone is drinking more wine uh, after the pandemic. Are we are we saying after now, almost after, because of the pandemic, we're all drinking more, all well, the good wineries. We're are... drinking pretty well during the pandemic. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. We all started drinking a shitload more and, and, and yeah. Like, it wasn't just me. No, oh, it wasn't, it was, it was all of us, right? Like um, definitely, I think, I think for sure. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> and let's, okay. So let's move on. So house of bones, delicious. You can order it online, um, to visit our tasting room. We are going to move on to the, the next winery, the, the final winery. Kevin is making so much wine. Um, and I love the bottle that we're about to open. It's going to be a great sound effect for the podcast because this 
is sparkling wine, y'all. This is a little sparkling rosé. This is from the Proletariat Wine Company um, that was started in Seattle, I believe. Um, my boyfriend, Marcus, was really good. He was one of the first, yeah. you know, the first original customers. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was. It's it's so funny. And he you knows. God, everyone heard that's, that. That's a, that's a faux pas no, that <laughs> was amazing. The best sound effect ever. Don't let that bottle go far. We're pouring there. Is it? It's the 2020 sparkling rosé. Um, oh, the 2019. I'm sorry, you can't see that. He would have just. He wouldn't have corrected me, but just so y'all know, it, it is the 2019. Let's do a little cheers. Uh, yeah. Bubbles always call for cheers. Um, if you guys follow me on anything, you know that I have a sparkling wine problem. Um, it is my weakness in life. It's a good problem to have. It's, yeah, I mean, there are worse, there are worse things to be addicted to, I Her suppose. Personal is like fun, brunches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunshine, um, summer days. Um, but so proletariat, the uh, another label that again in this um, family of wines that got its start in Seattle. Go ahead. Eight, eight years ago? Seven. I want to say, yeah, 2010, 11. Yeah. Right, right when I was first getting yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decade-ish. No, I, you know what? I know that we just had our 10, their 10-year 10 anniversary. So I'm... Look at me. I knew that 10 years ago, started in Seattle and sorry, Sean, I should be a better employee. Um, Hey, you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can, Sean, out here promoting all, all the, all the roti sellers, uh, brands of wine. But, um, yeah, so started in a 10, 10 ish years ago and started as the, like we said, the first winery in Washington state that did kegged wine. And they did this. It was a, it was good for restaurants because it gave them, you know, large amounts of wine, less waste, like you said. I mean, I remember like Maono had like the sparkling oh, wine on tap and I they would. Maono so much. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. And the they. Kimchi do... fried rice. God, dude, stop. I got to tell you that. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of good food in Walla Walla, but, you know, there's a lot of good food in Seattle. I think we. It's the one thing I miss. That's one. I, I will say the thing I miss the most is definitely Asian food because that's, I, that's, that's what we. That's what we're. Yeah. We have amazing. We have amazing food. food. We have amazing Italian, amazing Southern food. We got Mercado with taco. Yeah. We got good Mediterranean food. You know, we've got. We've got a lot of good food here, but that is the one thing you can't find a fall place here. You can't find a ramen spot. I mean, there is a sushi spot. Um, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it works. It fills the void. You know, Marcus worked at Sushi Kashiba for <laughs> the last two years of, before we moved to Seattle. I mean, moved away from Seattle. So the, the bar for sushi is high right. in, in my book, but we, we do, we have some, we have some great wine here. I'm, I'm, I have some great food here. I got off the wine. I got off no, the wine. It's, all right. it's, it's um, about food. We're just talking about how much we love, but speaking of that. Um, so since, you know, again, this started off as, as being kegged wine, started off in Seattle, but they're, you know, still that's a big part of their business model. But we obviously just popped um, a bottle of the the sparkling rosé. So you've gotten into bottling. Just tell us, give us a little info on pro proletariat. See, like you said, like we started like being able to to service restaurants without so much waste and still deliver a high quality wine product to them. It was a it was a learning curve getting like you know bar managers owners to understand like wine on tap can be just as good as wine on bottle. In mm -hmm. yes, we make some pretty good wine in bottle as well, but mm -hmm. we can take our winemaking skills and put it in a keg and like actually under keg it's it stays safer for longer. There's no waste. Like if for anyone that worked in the restaurant knows like you open a bottle of wine on Sunday, you pour two glasses, 
and no one orders that again until Wednesday, like you're no. probably going to toss that bottle. Yeah. So you're losing. You we know. hope you're tossing that bottle. Don't be right. the <laughs> asshole serving us flat, sparkling wine because the bottle's been open for two days, guys. <laughs> exactly. So we they found this way to just to kind of capture the, the essence of, of fine wine, but for the masses in a way. And then, like, that's the whole thing, like the proletariat, right? Versus the bourgeoisie. It's like we had wine for the people. We had wine ah, for the masses. It all makes sense. Right? I'm so. such an idiot. I didn't even ever think about that long <laughs> enough. But yeah, totally. Like, makes it like more accessible. And yeah, we want to give high quality to, to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. So we can go to bars and restaurants and be like, hey, you know, serve like this really nice Bordeaux blend that we made, but you don't have to charge. 16 70 bucks a bottle or mm-hmm. glass excuse me you can go you know lower price points or whatever you want to do for your price points yeah uh, so it was just an option for for restaurants and like the waste thing was huge for us too it's like we see so much just being in the wine industry for so long and like yes we do have wine in bottles as well but like being able to curb some of that with putting wine in kegs and like stops some of the waste is it's kind of a nice and and that's all like again the first winery really doing that in the state um really took off the model obviously struggled a little during covid because people weren't going out to restaurants so it didn't and now i think it's coming back and business is picking up more for them when um did when did proletariat start getting into the bottling game because that's been pretty recent hasn't it it has so i think i think covid definitely pushed us over the edge uh, we've always yeah, kind of thought like, about we it. Like, we need people to be able to drink this at home. <laughs> I mean, it's, great. it's part of our mantra. And like, we've always wanted to like get growler sales in, in Washington. In growler wine. We've tried. There's just, Can, is there's, that a thing? Uh, I think there's there's legislation that says we can't do it. And that's fine. I, until it becomes. I've never even considered it. I love yeah. the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 64 ounce bottles of wine might be dangerous, but. Oh my uh, God. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of something we've been pushing for, or, like trying to look at, but. Uh, hasn't happened and that's okay you know mm-hmm. but so we found like pretty like economic lightweight glass and things like that to do to kind of keep the the model of still trying to be pretty earth-friendly brand uh, so yeah but the the bottle sales work just like we said like with covid and stuff it's hard because 95 percent of our business was going through restaurants and bars and like we have a surplus of wine and then how yeah and so yeah our but... big big base of ours is out of boise and yeah so i think we're gonna have a we're in, we have a tasting room that yep. works out there right They're now. They're building a tasting exactly. room. And, so and, yeah. we have some bottles for them to sell. And like nice. now we're available in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, I think, with bottle sales. So awesome. all the stuff that you love at the bar, you can, you can you know, hopefully find at the store someday. So. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to ask you to give me a little more. You guys know i got a sparkling wine problem. <laughs> Tell me this, Kevin. How do I get a keg of this sparkling wine in my garage? <laughs> no, you can't do that. I, I don't think. If he... Uh, cash only after this podcast. <laughs> no, you can't do that, Stephanie. Come to my house later. Um, it's uh, it's 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 delicious, and y'all do um, you do keg some of the sparkling for some restaurants. Yeah, we which have, is, a- which I I think is amazing. I still don't think I've, I, I don't know if I had ever gotten the mimosas at Maono. I've definitely seen the wine on tap in different spots, but I think it's usually been like just like a red or white. Mm-hmm. But like kegging sparkling wine, I mean, you guys have to be one of the first people doing that. Yeah, I don't know if legally we're allowed to call it sparkling anymore. Oh, it's not. Like, it's frizzante it, or it's frizzante. It's, it's bubbly. This, this has happened in the, the last like week, so. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's a very bubbly wine. It's it's, it's been kegged. Um, it's it's absolutely delicious. Where do you know about the distribute? Like where you can pick up a bottle of. Uh, 
I would have to direct you to like the proletariat website. Actually, you know what? I know that too. Go to the proletariat website. They have a finder. I just, you know, trying to. I'm way better in the seller than I am on the, uh, you know, I got a distribution a long time ago. So. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that's okay. You got, you know, just making wine for four labels here. So uh, a little, a little busy. Well, um, it's delicious. I mean, I love everything that we've tasted. Uh, let's talk about Walla Walla for, for just a minute. We've got a few minutes left on the podcast. It's just like we've, you know, been saying it's such a great wine town and it's just a, just such a great place to live. I mean, we've really, Marcus and I, my boyfriend, he's from New Orleans. I'm from Alabama originally. Both were in Seattle for many years. L- loved it. Um, COVID, you know, took a huge toll and everything that happened in the past year and a half. But for us, we were, it was just such like a, a breath of fresh air, to, especially last year, <laughs> get out of the city and get back to such a, a beautiful place that's, you know, it's so friendly and the wine industry makes it so interesting, but just, you know, it's such a, again, an agricultural area. It's, it's like that small town. People say hello in the morning to you. It's, it's great. You can walk. I mean, I, like, I'm a fairly jovial person, but like, it's so nice being able to walk down any street in town and whether I know them or not, like you can smile at somebody and be like, Hey, how you doing? Have a nice day. And they'll yeah. smile right back and be like, it's a gorgeous day today. Yeah, hey, how's it and going? It's such a wonderful, loving, caring feeling. Like we have a great sense of community here. And with everything that's happened in the last like year and a half, you see the community growing stronger and Absolutely. stronger together. Like we're building together and we're growing together. And yes, it's like an older egg town, which has been established. I mean, this is the original capital of the Northwest Territory, I think. So, long. Oh, is that right? Yeah, think, well, history lesson, guys. This, I mean, maybe not quote me. Like, I'm, I'm 92% sure. I'll, I believed I'll, you. <laughs> you said it with confidence. Like, I believed you. One of your listeners is probably like history, but like, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> I'll let you know if anyone has an issue. I'm pretty sure we were the, yeah, I'm pretty sure we were the capital of the Northwest Territory, at least for a little bit. So like, Walla Walla's been this hub since, like, you know, 1870, 1880, for me growing up, like, you know, diagonally across the state and like the Northwest, like North of Seattle, like we're the farthest removed from like U.S. history because like, you know, you know, we started in you know, the 1960s or whatever. Yeah, that's so kidding. Every time I move farther and farther east, it's, I find it more and more fascinating. And, <laughs> right. Like, the wall wall itself, the history here, just like the railroads and like being the capital of the Northwest Territories. This, there's so much history here. And there's so much pride in like the people that have lived here forever, like the multi generational people. Mm-hmm. And I think there might have been a little strife with the the wines come in, being like, "What's this, you know, bougie? Yeah, bullshit? What's this absolutely. bougie bullshit movie in the town?" But now it's like, no, this, this you know, it's like it's, it's cliche as it is, but like a high tide. But like, that's a great point. Let's paint that picture a little bit. So, like, when you moved here and started making wine ten years ago. God, I wish I had the statistic. There's almost 200 wineries in Walla Walla now, and there was probably when you moved here, 60. So, yeah, I mean it's it's but in, ten years before that there was there was four. Yeah, yeah, six. like there we have gone in the yeah the past like 20, 25 years from a handful of wineries to almost 200. It's uh, it's yeah. So I mean, can you now think, we're like an epicenter for, for it, wine? And, and I mean, I remember, dude, like. I don't know. Maybe it was like, it was not long after I moved to Seattle, maybe 2015. I remember I was reading an article in food and wine and I, my Bible, and I, I came across this article and it was like, I can't remember the name of it. It It's basically like Walla Walla is the new Napa Valley. And that was like what, and I was like, Oh my God, 
wall wall have you heard of this place like it's in washington state like they're making all this wine it was this magical thing to me they're comparing it to napa valley like i didn't even know shit about wine so why that was <laughs> impressive to me but it was just so cool to me that i was so close to this area and and then i got invited to come here a couple years a couple years after to write about it but i mean it's there's some really there's like washington wine like the i feel like the the eyes are on it like there's a lot of exciting stuff going on with washington yeah, even wine. When, I, when i moved here in 10 like the distributor company I was working for in Minnesota, like I was like, I want to, I want to do something with Washington wine. Like I'm proud of my state. I'm proud of this. Like I want to do something about this. And I'd go talk to my accounts in Minnesota, be like I'm going to move back to Washington and start making wine. They're like, they make wine in DC. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Are but, we still seventh? We've got a no a, second. Oh, second. Yeah, I was about we're, to say that was two behind. Yeah, I was about to so, say we, then, we've like, got to be in New York. I think right. Yeah. Now, okay. So. Yeah. But it's it's been it's been amazing to watch it grow and like the Yakima Valley has been just pumping out like so much good wine for a long time. Yeah. And like as much as I love Walla Walla, like, I feel like the Yakima Valley doesn't get as much credit as they deserve. It's, it's so pretty here. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you like. Yeah, I, I get it. Yakima Valley kind of it doesn't have like that almost like touristy town feel. People aren't flocking to it. I gotta say, some of my favorite. Well, I mean, I love. I gotta give a shout out Gilbert Sellers. Oh my god, mm -hmm. for sure. And like, and like, Prosper's doing a great job of pumping. Like, there's maybe like Wall Wall's making this model of like what we're doing. Like, but get let, let's get more people out here and like I want to just show off what the state has to offer. Like, I think we're it's making so. Some of the best. It's. It's a beautiful state, beautiful wine. Like it's it's a it's a great place to be. We're so lucky. Yeah, I think like the food here. scene here is unreal too. Like I mean, it's be able to make wine. Like a lot of my buddies now are working at these like great restaurants or chefs at these great restaurants in town. Like I can show up with a bottle of wine and like a little bit of trade, and like, <laughs> everyone, everyone's happy. Right? The best the best situation. Well, um. Well, goodness, getting a not too uh, short on time, but I want to ask you, um, first of all, a couple of your favorite wineries that obviously aren't any of the ones that we've talked about. There's just ones that you don't make wine for. It can be one that you've mentioned, <laughs> but or just a few. Let's just talk about some of the great wineries. Let's give a nod to, to some good people in the Valley. Uh, you know, like Gramercy, some of our, our good friends, and like they're, we're kind of like the same. Outstanding wine. Yeah, they... We like anyone that makes wine. I mean, we like everybody. They, I just heard that Marcus was telling me. So my bar boyfriend also pours wine at at at, uh, at Roti Cellars, and he was telling me, yeah, Gramercy has very similar like winemaking style mm -hmm. to us. So we send it's, each other to the yeah, tasting rooms. Like, uh, like sleight of hand, like Keith at DVM, especially too. It's like low alcohol, kind of more. Uh, fruit expression. Yeah, uh, Keith is doing a lot of like low intervention, kind of like. <laughs> Uh, high elevation it's like, like weird yeah, they, weird cool they, stuff it's, though it's that's such a hard question i'm glad he asked me that because it's hard to, i have my couple of my favorites but there's also like every time i try a new winery or go to a new place or a place that i went to five years ago the quality of wine here is just stepping up it really is every time you've been to grow grain right have not oh but I've, all i've heard is like amazing things about but they're it. newer and a young mm -hmm. couple and again do they're doing some really like funky varieties that a lot of other people mm -hmm. aren't doing and it's they're doing a lot of pet gnats pet which nat we didn't <laughs> <laughs> which I don't, if you guys don't know we're not drinking pet gnats right now but pet gnats cool 
pet nat. Uh, okay, <laughs> I think we're cool enough. A pet nat is a is a natural sparkling wine. That's about all I can tell you from it. I feel like it's kind of like the trendy shit right now. It's oh, the it's, hot. It's it's, it's yeah. It's, I feel like I'm a part of that movement. By the way, I drink a shitload of it. Um, no, like I know, like my buddy Taylor Equilands is doing it too. Like, there's a lot of people doing it. like it scares the shit out of me as a winemaker because you got to pretty much. I'm probably gonna be wrong here, but uh, you're 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 leaving a tiny bit of sugar, so you're stopping fermentation. So you're trying to capture that that carbonation. So when when the wine's fermenting, like there's natural carbonation, there's CO2 in it. It's like that bubble, that effervescence you get. But you lock that in a certain spot, and you you cap it, and it's like you're making little bombs of wine. Like I give I tip my hat to all the guys that are doing it well, and like they're, kudos to them. Yeah, the wines are delicious, and they're beautiful, and they're extremely. Pretty. They are. They're a lot of fun. I just don't have the stones to do it. Well, I mean, I got to tell you, I've had, and I'll tell you, Grow Grain does a really good job of this. A lot of times the pet nuts are not as uh, bubbly as the, you know, champagne method. Oh, for sure. I mean, no. th- I mean, they're not, but I will they're tell you, Grow right, Grain, I have had some bottles of theirs you will pour it. You would not know that you were not drinking like a champagne so method like wine. It, it is bubbly. I mean, I don't know if that's the, the, the technical <laughs> term. There are a lot of bubbles in it. It is. Can I have more bubbles? I'm not just drinking. I did not just do this to get sparkling wine from I'm only Kevin. pouring tasting pours, so. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's. Fill it up, Kevin. Come on. Um, but so cool. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of great wine here. Um, definitely check out Grow Grain. There, you would. Th- that's actually our only wine club. So I'll give you a little. Oh, I'll give nice. that, give them a little shout out. Awesome. I have this. I've never been a member of a wine club, Marcus. My boyfriend is a, a little more cultured than I am. He's he, joined, he was members of many before that. But yeah, we went there and yeah, we just. I've only heard great things about them. So yeah, they're they're delicious. Um, but before I gotta ask you one one more question. I want to know what you like to drink at home. I always think this is so interesting to ask people in the food industry, the bartenders, the winemakers, the chefs. Like, oh, what man. do you drink when you're at home or out? I mean, I was just with them and I saw him bringing tequila before this. Yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't say that, but but like, if anyone listening knows me, they'll probably be like, oh shit. Yeah, so, so tell the truth because it's going to be everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew like Rainier was the first thing I drank, and hopefully it'll be the last thing I, I love drank. Rainier. Dude, I, even though it's made in Irwindale, California, I still like the vibe. Don't even tell me that. I need to know that. I, I don't care. I, I fucking love it's it. It's still just the experience. I love Rainier. Yeah, I love tequila, mezcal. Uh, I drink a lot. Of Are you drinking wine at? off the clock a lot my friends all give me shit so they're like yo you're a fucking great winemaker you don't ever make wine or you don't ever drink wine I'm like well i do like i drink a lot of work i taste a lot of work i'm you know yeah i'm but, drinking on the clock constantly like, people. It's, a, it's a it's a very corny saying but it's like you know it takes a lot of great wine or a lot of it takes a lot of beer to make good wine oh like, i love so that so it's always been like a harvest thing like i won't say what winery i worked at but i remember like being in the the office at like 10 in the morning and like one of the gals one of the high ups she comes in and like opens the fridge and grabs a double IPH. She's like, it's 10 o'clock, boys. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to make you tell me which winery that was after this. Um, that's but yeah, awesome. no, I mean, I love just like uh, a good pilsner or cold beer. And like, I love mezcal. Um, yeah. 
I do like slushies. Uh, yeah, we're we're <laughs> sitting above uh, AK's Mercado here in downtown Walla Walla, which if you haven't been or seen their Instagram, they have yeah. an amazing mezcal selection and they have some boozy slushies that will knock you on your ass. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're dangerous. Yeah, it's just I don't I like I like simple things. It's it's great. I do enjoy a really nice glass of wine. I love some good bubbles. If you are drinking wine, if you're just like, I'm just going to sit on the back porch, assuming it's not 120 degrees, I'm just going to, it's a pleasant, normal okay, day. normal day? Yeah. You have, are you drinking like Chardonnay? Are you drinking, are you drinking bubbles? Are you drinking a soft red? What, what, yeah, what's Kevin gosh. drinking? If yeah. It's, I mean, I'd like to start probably with bubbles in the morning, like a brunch mm. and then by mid afternoon. I like your style. <laughs> I already, already <laughs> like where this is going. Mid afternoon. Yeah. Probably some Chablis or something kind of fun and yeah. fresh. And yeah. Yeah. I am a kind of a sucker for Rhone's. Like I wouldn't mind like a nice Grenache base or some Provence wines, like just kind of low intervention, like not too over the top, but just really nice focus on fruit mm -hmm. and structure and just, um, you know, I'll get down with the Bordeaux every once in a while, but it's gotta be like, Get down with the I get down with the Bordeaux every once in a while. Hey, you know, nothing wrong. Uh, but no, I'm, I usually I usually lean towards rounds, not just because of roti, but just that's always been my style. Yeah, like what I like to drink, like more of a fruit forward. Uh, not not a ton of oak, but yeah. just it's kind of me, my palate. But you're normally drinking right near, admit it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll, slide a, I'll slide a pass or two in there as There well. is nothing wrong with that. And dude, I am honestly, if I am not drinking wine, I am drinking light beer. It is very rare that you will find me drinking like a cocktail or a spirit these days. I just, I I like an easy sipper, a, a Rainier. A... I've got a buddy that wants to start a, like a lager brewery. I want to support you 100. Times. So you're going to be making beer too? Not me. No, no you're not. You're no, not getting pulled no, in on I'm, that. No, I'm just trying to champion this. Oh, you're just him. encouraging so, him because he wants to. the beer. Yeah, like you don't need any more IPAs. Like just like let's good make, God, let's make, right? Let's make Pilsners. Please, if you're listening and you make beer, we have enough IPAs in the, <laughs> in the Northwest. My God, um, and they're all delicious. No, they're and they're all great, but it's like we have enough of them. Like we yeah. don't have enough light days beers. Like, days like today and yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you're gonna like, be drinking Rainier, PBR, Coors Light. I'm sorry, like I say, I love. That's the kind of, that's the kind of shit I like. We're cla keeping it classy here, Kevin. That's all we do. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I cannot believe we've been talking about wine for an hour, but I kind of can because I feel a lot better after tasting all that delicious <laughs> wine. Um, you guys can uh, follow Kevin at Kevin Matt. What is your Instagram handle? Oh, I think it's just Kevin Masterman. It's Kevin Masterman. It's his name. It's the it's the title of the podcast. Better, you put the that house, in. House um, of Bones Wine. Yeah, House of Bones. At House of Bones Wine. Um, Roti Cellars, a proletariat wine company. I'll put this all in the captions for you guys <laughs> so you, you don't have to remember. Um, Kevin, this was so much fun. Um, like we should just do this every week. We don't have to yeah. do it with a podcast. We can we'll just, act like we're doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll act like we'll it. sit in the room and drink. Yeah, that's all we need to <laughs> do. Just bring your dog and Marcus. Yeah, that'd be great. God, amazing. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening. Episode 11, all wine-focused um, in the books. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, Steph. Appreciate it.